Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God which he has given to us this morning is from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 20 to 43. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. And now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, the voice did not come because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. The people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. That the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So far the word of the Lord, sanctify us by your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. What is the will of God? What is it that we are asking when we pray, Thy will be done? In our text, Jesus makes it clear that first and foremost, the will of God is this, that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem to die for our sins. Jesus himself confesses this in our text in verse 27. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. 
God's will is that Jesus would die for our sins. And Jesus must emphasize this repeatedly in our text and throughout his ministry because the Jews would not believe it. Even his own disciples would not believe it. You hear in our text the Jews confronting Jesus. What is this that you are saying that the Son of Man must be lifted up? We have read in the law. They're referring to the Old Testament scriptures there. We have read in the scriptures that the Messiah will remain forever. How can you say then that he will be lifted up in death? And yet the Father himself intervenes to make it clear to the Jews and to us that this is God's will, that Jesus would die for our sins. He spoke from heaven, proclaiming his glory and the glory of his only Son. Similarly, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, the crowds greeted him with palm branches and with songs of Hosanna, praising Jesus. And the Jews met Jesus at the gate to Jerusalem and asked Jesus to stop them from saying his praises. And do you remember what Jesus responded? He said, if these would not cry out, then the stones themselves would cry out. It is necessary that Jesus be praised for what he is about to do. Why is it so important that Jesus says even the stones would cry out if the people did not? Certainly Jesus deserves that praise since he is the Son of God, since he did die for our sins, and yet Jesus tells us in, in our text, that the voice from heaven was not for his sake. Near the end of our text, we read that the, those Pharisees who did believe in Jesus, those rulers of the Jews who did believe in Jesus, did not confess him because they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Jesus is not like that, is he? He does not desire the praise of men. Yet the praise of men he will receive, and even the praise of the Father from heaven for our sakes, so that we might know that this is God's will. In the book of Revelation, it is proclaimed, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive honor and praise. Not worthy is Jesus, or worthy is the Son of God, although certainly by those aspects he is worthy to receive the praise. But worthy is the Lamb who was slain. God speaks from heaven to make clear to us that this is his will, that Jesus is doing his will. When our daughter does, our daughter Keely does something that is good, is right, that we want her to do, we make sure to tell her, good job, so that she knows and is encouraged to keep doing it, right? And now we don't even have to tell her good job, she tells herself good job, it works out kind of nicely. The Father speaks from heaven saying, good job to his only Son, so that we might know and recognize the truth of his will. If there were any on earth who did the Father's will, no doubt the Father would speak from heaven telling them, good job as well. But of course, there are none except Jesus. And so the voice speaks from heaven, this is my beloved Son, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. These are given so that we might know this is his good and gracious will. Think of what people do for which they often receive praise. Why do we praise other people? 
because they are great warriors who win wars, because they entertain us, because they make great discoveries. None of these receive the voice from heaven, this is my beloved son, but only Jesus Christ. First and foremost, the will of God is that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem to die so that we might be saved through his death. Secondly, it is the Father's will that we follow Jesus through the gates of Jerusalem, even to Calvary, that we crucify our flesh along with him. The Greeks come looking to meet Jesus. They ask first Philip, and then Philip goes and asks Andrew if they can meet Jesus. Jesus, in effect, tells them in our text, well, right now, I'm on my way to the cross. If you would be with me, if you want to talk with me, you must come with me to the cross. John 12, 25 and 26, He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, that where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. There's a book called A Man Called Ove, right? And in that book, uh, this man rides the train the wrong way every day. He gets on the station, you know, his work is this way, but he goes this way in order that he can sit with a girl and talk to her. That's the way she's going, so that's the way he goes, even though it's the wrong way. Jesus tells us in our text, if we would be with him, if we would follow him, he's on his way to the cross. We must follow him to the cross. The other Gospels have a saying of Jesus which means the same thing as these verses from John, but are a little more concise and to the point. Luke 9, 23 if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. When Jesus, when Jesus died on the cross, he was sacrificing his own life for us so that we might live. When Jesus calls on us to take up our cross, therefore, he means that we ought to do the same to sacrifice our own interests, our own desires, our own goals, for the sake of others. And notice that Luke says, daily take up your cross. This isn't something we do that we ought to do every once in a while. This isn't something that we, well, we've done our good deed for the month or for the week, so that's okay. But daily, God's word calls us to follow Jesus by picking up our own cross and sacrificing our desires for others. Jesus reminds us that those who seek to save their life will lose it. A few weeks ago, we had on the front of our bulletin that picture of that man clinging to the cross of Jesus. Clinging to the cross of Jesus takes both hands. You cannot hold on to the cross with one hand and the things of this life with the other. You must let go of this life and the goods of this life and the desires of this life to cling to the cross of Jesus. What Jesus is saying here is that there is nothing ever in our lives that ought to be all about me. Rather, everything ought to be all about how can I serve Jesus and my neighbor. This is the second thing we mean when we pray, thy will be done. That we might be taught 
by God's good and gracious love, how to pick up our own cross. That, our, that we ought to have this mind, as Paul tells us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who let go of the riches of heaven to serve us. So also we might let go of our earthly treasures to serve our neighbor. That his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. How was God's will done in heaven? It was done when Jesus left heaven to die for us. Therefore, we ought to also take up our cross and follow him. Thirdly, it is the Father's will that Jesus draw all people to himself so that through his death, resurrection, and ascension, we might gain heaven. In our text, Jesus says, When I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. The New King James has a translation, if I am lifted up. The Greek word there can be translated if or when. The grammar is ambiguous. However, the context makes it clear that it's not if, but when. There's no question that Jesus will be lifted up in death. He makes that quite clear. But when he does this, he will draw all people to himself. The term lifted up also is used both for Jesus' death and for his ascension. In John 3.14, As Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. There the term lifted up is referring to the manner in which he dies. But in Acts 2.33, Therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, in the Greek, the word being exalted in Acts 2.33 is the same word that is used in our text when Jesus is lifted up. These are not separate actions that Jesus separates, but they are one and the same process. Jesus is lifted up in his death, in his resurrection, and in his ascension, so that when he draws us to himself, we also are drawn through his death, into his resurrection and ascension, that we might live with him. Because the Father knew that we would not daily pick up our cross to follow Jesus because of our sinful nature. Therefore, it is also the Father's will that Jesus draw us to himself. When I was a little kid, my father used to go on bike rides every morning, early in the morning. And one day I asked if I could come with him the next morning. I'm not going to wait for you, he said. You're going to have to keep up. If you fall behind, I'm not going to come back for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll keep up. Of course I didn't keep up with him, and of course he did turn and come back for me on multiple occasions. Even though Jesus calls on the Greeks to follow him to the cross, when we fall behind in our sinfulness, he draws us to himself, that where, we may, that where he is, we may be also. In Ephesians, Paul speaks of this when he says, Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Through his death, Jesus has drawn us to himself. The prophet Hosea foretold this. In Hosea 11.4, he says, I drew them with gentle cords, and with bands of love. Jesus has bound us to himself so that we might die with him and also live with him in heaven forever. 
This is God's good and gracious will for us. And what we mean when we pray, thy will be done. First, that Jesus would ride into Jerusalem to die for our sins. Second, that we ought to follow him, taking up our cross daily. And thirdly, when we fail and sin and forget to sacrifice for others, that Jesus would draw us to himself so that we might be forgiven and might rise and ascend with him. This is God's good and gracious will for us. Heavenly Father, give us hearts that seek your will, and may your salvation be in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise.